Welcome back to One Book That Changed My Life, where entrepreneurs and experts share one book and the life-changing principles they apply. If you love that flash, that spark of inspiration when a great idea just leaps off the page at you, but you don't have time for all the amazing books you run across, then this podcast is designed for you. In each episode, you'll discover business books, past and present, that are changing the lives of people just like you and come away with insights you can put into action right now. So let's jump into the latest book. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to One Book That Changed My Life. I'm super excited. Deb Drummond is our guest today. She is international best-selling author, speaker, uh, authority on direct sales. She's huge in that space. She's been featured in Success Magazine something like 48 times, which is absolutely insane. So she's a powerhouse, uh, you know, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, in, in terms of what, the way that Deb would put it because she's doing uh, very different things and is looking to make an impact on the world through entrepreneurship in a, in a variety of different ways. She's also a big music fan, so we connect a lot over that. So this is going to be a really fun conversation. So we're going to talk a little bit about the book that changed her life, and uh, we'll get into just the story of where she was at and how the book came into her life, and then we'll finish out with what are the big changes, what are the big ideas that we can implement. So first of all, Deb, thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Honor, Hello. honor, honor. Uh, yes, I love that word. I, I always try to make sure that I tell podcasters that I'm honored because it really is. Yeah, you, you're a guest in, in somebody else's house. So I, yeah, I, I love that you do that. I say the same thing. Uh, and I was fortunate enough actually to be a guest on your podcast and we had a blast. So I already know that the conversation is going to be lovely and amazing. Uh, so tell us a little bit. Uh, obviously, you have a lot going on. You have, you've got a lot of different projects. You're doing a huge charity walk that's going to end in August of 2023. Uh, the the charity don't like the the donor of that is going to be Alicia Keys organization. So it ties into music, which you're very passionate about. When you actually run across somebody that's kind of in your world, but they don't know who you are, how do you explain to them what you do? Oh, uh, well, you know what, you know how you're supposed to do this elevator pitch, and you're mm -hmm. supposed to be able to relay it to people. And, and when people go, Oh, you do so many things, you know, what are you and I'm like, honestly, I just believe that I'm heart-centered. I am 100% very clear that I'm here to serve. I was like the happiest cocktail waitress in the world. And I think it was because I was in service. Never mind that the music was good. But really, I just believe that I, I create platforms for entrepreneurs in the sector of health, wealth, and wellness. Yeah. That's it. Perfect. Love it. Okay. So let's set the scene a little bit. So the, uh, the book that changed your life, what's, what's the title? So the book that changed my life is Living in the Light by Shakti Gaiwan. Okay. So where were you at? What was your life and business like when you, when you came across the book and how long ago was this? So I wasn't in business yet. I was really? working for a car dealership. My mother worked for the car dealership. My aunt worked for the car dealership. My high school boyfriend worked for the car dealership because I got him a job and it was the job of um, taking off the stickers when the cars arrived, yeah. right? I was, I was very late teen. Um, yeah, very much in my late teens. And I don't remember how this book came across me, but what I do remember is I'd finished my, my finished my shift and I was the receptionist. I was, when you walked into the showroom, I literally had a board that you could plug people in when they called and connect. And I'm going to make myself sound like I'm 94, but um, really, either they were archaic or I was really young. Yeah. We're and just, we're just going to blame it on that dealership being really behind on technology. Really behind on time. It's like cart, it was Carter. Um, anyway, so we, I was, I was on, I was in my teens and I got on the back of the bus and I remember on the back of the bus because I always sat at the back of the bus. I just always went to the very back and I'm like oh. that in a movie theater too. Don't know why, but I just go back of the bus. I was going to say, I you're pulled, such an outgoing effervescent personality. Was that where you just 
was that just good to get like private time, like away, kind of yeah. away from people? I'm very, I'm very social, yeah. but I'm super private. Like I have this, I think it's kind of like my emotional safety. You know, it's like, um, I, I like to sleep on the couch a lot. You know, even with, even when I was married, um, I'd be like, I'm going to go sleep on the couch. And I think it's just a way of restoration for my soul. So I kind of, if I sit at the back of the bus, I'm in my own bubble. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's because I am a person that's been designated for service. So in my world, I'm like, you know, I'm always gifting, advising. And I think it's just a time to restore. Mm-hmm. Whether yeah, it's like, on the it bus. You, like you're constantly kind of outward focused mm-hmm. and that gives you a little bubble of being kind of inward. Focused. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're sitting in the back of the bus, so sitting in the back of the bus. And I start reading this book, which is way out of my sphere, like living in the light by Shakti Gaiwan. Um, it was, it's, it was, it's metaphysics. Mm-hmm. It was the first metaphysical book that I'd ever gotten my hands on. And I literally can visualize because I'm a visual. I could literally visualize myself on that book or on that bus and I was reading and there was a part that was explaining the difference between Shakti and Shiva. I'm like, okay, what's this? And, um, and it was talking about energy and it was talking about female energy and masculine energy. And it was talking about how female energy is the creative and masculine energy takes those creations and takes them to the world. Mm. And honestly, in that moment, I felt so normal because I am a creative person in my mind and I didn't come from a creative household, right? I was raised by a single mom. She went to work. We came home. She was tired. I had a long list of chores because I was the girl and I wasn't the youngest or I wasn't the oldest, but I was the girl, right? So I was doing all those things. Talk about being in service. I was high prepped. And, uh, And so that just wasn't part of it. And inside me was kind of a private part that I was super creative. I had these ideas and I could literally see the ideas take to market. Like I didn't just have the ideas I could take it to market. And it was just a piece of information that made me feel like, Oh, okay. It's kind of like, you know, meeting your soulmate or something, right? It's like, it's reading a part of you. And then all of a sudden I was like, I didn't feel so different within the relationship that I had with that book. I was like, wow, I found myself. It was almost like writing, reading your own journal. And it made sense because I have ideas and I'm creative, but I take them through to, to, to fruition. And, and again, I don't want to date myself when I say this, but there wasn't a whole lot of women in my sphere or in books or in school or that I was hanging out with or that, that had that kind of masculine strength that was, um, adored instead of like, what are you doing? Like when I left Hmm. school, when I left school, they literally, like the, the talk through school is like, so what do you want to be? Do you want to be a secretary? Do you want to be an airline stewardess? Do you want to be a teacher? Do you want to be like, like those are kind of the options, right? Mm-hmm. But I had this kind of masculine energy inside that just really wanted to kind of roar, I think. Mm-hmm. Now that's, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's, uh, there's, there's sometimes a book does, like it changes your perspective on outward things. And then every once in a while, you run across one of those where it just gives you permission to be yourself, which is really powerful. It sounds yeah. like that's what that was. All right. So you, so you basically realized that, okay, you have these two, two forces in the world, but you had a good chunk of each of them inside. You had the creative part, the, the ideation, the, the, the urge and the yearning to do new things, new and interesting things, obviously. 
But then you also had that masculine side that didn't want to just do those create, creative things within like a small sphere. You wanted to pr- push that out uh, into the world. Uh, and yeah, that's, I mean, that's not, that's not, everybody doesn't feel comfortable having both of those things. And, and so basically gave you permission to go, okay, this is like, I, there's nothing wrong with me that I want to push this stuff out in the world. There's nothing wrong with me for being creative. There's nothing wrong with me for wanting to do more than, than what I was kind of presented with. Okay. So you have this permission to be yourself. What did, um, what did you go and do with that, that permission? Was there anything immediate? Was it just something that kind of absorbed into your mentality that paid off later? Do you remember if you immediately went and did something different? You know what I think? I think what it did is it was, it's kind of prepared me for what was coming. It prepared me for what was coming. So I, here I have this idea and this understanding and it literally was, it was almost like reading a scientific formula. Mm-hmm. And when I look back in my book or I look back in my life to having a clear, I didn't question it. First of all, I was, uh, I was youthful enough. I think that I just took it as word. You know, when you read something and you Got take it. it as word. So yeah. I took it as word. I didn't question it. I didn't wonder it. I didn't go talk to my business coach about it. I was young. I wasn't even in business yet. Mm-hmm. But what I think it did is it made me feel like I said, it, it normalized the stuff that I had going on inside. And at that time, I was really absorbed in art and photography and doing extremely well in that in school and not in other subjects, right? But what it did, I'm just lucky that I had a good social personality. Um, (laughs) But what I believe it did is it made me a, I remember being super proud of the stuff that I was producing in art class. It made me feel like I could stand there stronger and produce like, I mean, we used to go develop the film in the, you know, in the closet, in the dark room, like that kind of thing. Right. So all of that stuff I got, um, I think it heightened, um, my maybe self-esteem in what I was producing. And it honestly, yeah, it carried with me. It carried with me. There was a time in my twenties where I had the opportunity. Um, there's a church down Vancouver where I am called Christ church cathedral. And ironically, ironically, um, there was a speaker coming and it was Shakti Gaiwan. No way. And yeah. And this must've been, and honestly, she's not like, you know, you know, it's not like going to see Oprah or Ellen or something, right? It's not like mm-hmm. she's big circuited. Um, and she, uh, she was standing there and the only thing I really remember, like, I mean, I was giddy with excitement to get a ticket. I had never even been in that church. And ironically, I ended up christening my children in that church, <laughs> but I went to that church uh, cause I lived in the West End where it was and she was coming and I was super excited. I don't even know if I went with anybody, but all I remember her saying is that she stood there and she said, you know, I, I, I poured everything I had into this book and I had never been an author before. And she goes, and I wrote this book and I thought, who am I? Like, who do I think I am to write a book and tell people how to think and what to do? And when she said that it was like that for her as a creative, and personally, as a person in business, many times I've thought, who do I, who do I think I am? Or yeah. like, I've just been, you know, it's like that little voice, right? You're like, and I thought, wow, here's Shakti Gaiwan, this woman who's changed my life and didn't know it standing there, maybe 10 years after I wrote the, I read the book going, when I wrote that book, I was like, I didn't have a clue what I was doing in life. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know whether I was good enough to write it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you get to meet this, uh, uh, you know, essentially an yes. idol, you know, a hero of yours that writes this book that's massively impactful. And then you realize that she had all the same kind of feelings, basically, of, uh, of I guess, insecurity and a- inadequacy that we all have. Okay. Yeah. So, so to me, it sounds like that 
probably set you up to go into business by giving you the ability to recognize things in yourself that you might not have tapped into otherwise. You would have allowed yourself to just be, you know, I guess, I don't know about suppressed, but essentially just like not take the chances that it sounds like you took throughout your business career because you've taken some, you know, you take big swings. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think I, it made me trust myself that I knew okay. more that, that I knew more than I thought I did. And mm-hmm. also, um, that that's what it was going to take. Like if you wanted to succeed, you had to somehow find that formula for two. And you know what we do now, we were talking about it earlier. What we do now is if I don't have a skill where I am out of my business, I go find that skill. And I think that's an important thing to do instead of trying to take it all on. But realizing that I had those two forces inside gave me trust. Because, you know, entrepreneurship 30 years ago is really different. I don't even know if I heard the word business coach. You know, there was no women's networking organization. Yeah. I only knew of one and it was the Chamber of Commerce. And it was for mostly, mostly for men. I remember when I went my first time, they're like, you should join a, a group and help out. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um, as maybe it was more as a woman, but I was like, oh, I can trust how I think I should take this idea to market. So when I first started my massage company, right? I'm like, ooh, I'm going to go flyer the city. You know, I, I, you know, I didn't have a lot of money. So I went to Kinko's and I photocopied a flyer that I put together. And I plastered the city so much of the Vancouver, city of Vancouver called me and said, can you please stop putting your flyer everywhere? <laughs> That's the masculine energy that I'm talking about instead of yeah. being stuck in. I just want to create a nothing against feminine energy. There's a whole yeah. evolution around the divine and, and that you can mask, you know, you can uh, manifest and all that stuff. I'm just saying by my own nature, I am that person and it just made me feel okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, so selfish question. What do you think about how, like how things are going today. And you mentioned just that the, the, the difference between masculine and feminine energy, which I completely agree with people are uncomfortable. They tend, people tend to be uncomfortable with one or the other, or the fact that you need both. Everybody seems to want to put one over the other. I don't know the way that you see things. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to get your perspective on how you see things today versus when you started out. It seems to me like we have, we are trying to suppress like in an effort to suppress the negative parts of masculinity where end up actually suppressing all of it except in women which are pressured then to be more masculine which is it's just a it's a weird dynamic going on today what's your right. perspective on it well i think it's been uh well it's been it's been such an evolution like you know when i first started no resources to you'll you'll talk to women that have been in business you know at, with my length of time and they'll be like we had to make ourselves known. We had to overcome. We had to boys club it up a little bit. We had to, you know, we had to get masculine to get noticed. Yeah. And then, right. And, and, you know, um, there's nothing wrong with either energy. And I don't think we need to, uh, get upset about that. That was the structure that was built that that was the structure. There's no one's real fault for that. It's like, oh, it's a power thing. No, not really. That was the structure that that was evolved. And that was kind of what happened. And we stepped in to make a change. Whenever you go to make a change, there's going to be bumps and grinds and bruises, right? And so mm-hmm. I think I think that the world's done a great job as much as they have so far coming to that place of, okay, so we had to make ourselves known, you know, women in the suit, remember? I mean, oh my gosh, I just, I mean, I still love wearing a suit, right? But it's a, it's a different kind of suit now. But, you know, we had to, fit in and then get noticed and then make our way 
and then break away, right? And become who we are. Let's take a quick break from the conversation. Are you interested in running a podcast like this? Then check out our done for you service and grab a 15 minute podcast brainstorm call. We'll talk through your podcast idea and the business behind it. So you'll know exactly how a podcast can attract ideal clients and bring you five to 10 X return. Schedule your call today at pursuingresults.com. And now let's jump back into the conversation. I had, the exper- I had an experience being on a call the other day where, you know, it was, um, it was a financial call. It's a financial company. Um, and I noticed, I'm like, hmm, there's something very different about being a woman in this, in this group right now. But the group that I was in was also not a very maybe evolved business feminine, you know, masculine, that we still dance with that. Mm -hmm. We have come a long way. There's still a long way to go. Um, I believe that's a big part of why women have become self-funded entrepreneurs. There's massive networking groups for women. There's so much resource. But I think that's why, um, because not only are we making our way, but we now also get to make our way with choices. Who do I want to play in the sandbox? I was saying to someone the other day, I'm like, I don't want to just play nice to people in the sandbox. I want people that want to come and hang out with me and play nice in the boardroom. <laughs> so I think we've gone from sandbox to boardroom. Okay. I like that. Yeah. All right. So uh, is there anything now looking back on, on your experience, anything else or anything that you take away from the book now, something smaller, uh, anything that still sticks out after these years or any other ways where you felt like that the the principles of the book kind of popped out in other ways throughout your career? Um, Well, I have to thank you because it's prompted me to go get the book. Um, I'm a person that likes to read. I I don't do the Kindle thing because I like to draw and color. And um, I'm actually going to go back and get the book because what I realized is that the more you read it, I mean, I'm at a completely different stage in my life, just like she was when she spoke 10 years later. Um, I mean, I've read Think and Go Rich like 10 times or something. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'm done with the book now, but um, so it's, it's encouraged me to go back and read it from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. But what I think that um, if I took anything from that or it carried through was really a lot about what she spoke when she said she didn't, um, she, you know, she's like, oh my gosh, when I reread the book, I have, she's like, oh, I can't even believe that I wrote what I wrote, but she's writing it with perspective. I think it allowed me to be okay doing what I'm doing right now, even if I'm going to evolve and change my mind in five years, the books that I write now, the presentations I give right now, the, the speeches that I give right now um, are 100% impactful. Like you can't go back in time and say, oh, can't believe, can't believe I told people to do that. Um, so I think it's just allowed me to be who I am in the moment and be good with what I know in the moment. Yeah, I was just reading and this is a completely different like yeah. the, the person got coming from a completely different perspective. But I was reading something about I think it was one of the most famous traders, you know, hedge fund managers. And he basically just said, he's like, I have no allegiance to what I said or thought five minutes ago. Like I live in the present and I reserve the right to basically just look at things out as they are now and form an opinion. And I'm not affected or swayed by what I said publicly five minutes ago. And that's really hard. 
you know, when you're in business and you start to get a little bit of influence, no matter how small you start to, you know, you start to get tied into your opinions and, you know, like you have, you have that little subtle, little psychological pressure to be consistent and all that stuff. Yeah. It's really, it's really difficult to say, look, it, you know, I, I reserve the right to change my opinion based on what I see now, uh, and then be confident enough in it to go, Hey, you know, take it or leave it. You know, I, I, I live in the present, you know? Um, yeah, it's very, very difficult. Let me ask you this and then we'll finish up. So you like I mentioned earlier that you take big swings, right? So you've got this huge yeah. walk across uh, I think it's Ireland, right, coming up. So yeah. I want you to tell me a little bit about that. But what I what I'm really curious about is you're such a positive person and but you also have that that part where you know like you know your limitations, like you know you've come from a place where you didn't know what you could achieve, you didn't know uh, what you were capable of and you're always taking on that you're always biting off more than you can chew essentially so you're always stepping into the unknown stepping into things that you really haven't done before it's not like you've done this exact charity project five times before so i'm curious what your mentality and what how you approach this do you do you feel a sense of assurance that it's going to work out or do you feel a sense of confidence that that hey i don't know if it's going to work out but i'm confident that i can step into the unknown because i've done that before and i have figured it out along the way i'm curious just kind of how you look at those big challenges and how you take them on and deal with that sense of i don't know whether i can do this yet because i haven't done it um it's kind of both the the one thing that i know is and i think that what you get to know about yourself is and i'm sure there's aspects of yourself that you know and I'm not saying that with these recent projects, because, you know, I've got uh, a number of them for some reason, for some reason, they're, they're active, they're highly active right now, is I fall back on the knowingness that there's things in my life that I've gone through that I've had to really resource. Like, I believe that um, I have a strong resilience. And um, no matter what, I'm going to make this happen. And I think that I would have been a really good person to go into the military. I actually at 17 stood outside the recruiting office. And if someone had just come along and said, it's okay, walk in the door, then I would have walked in the door. Now, let's face it, you you, you know me a little bit, probably wouldn't have lasted long. But, um, <laughs> right? But, and and I'm probably grateful someone didn't. But if I make a decision to something, I decide to go in all in. Now, I that can be that within itself can be sometimes challenging. I have to remind myself, like I was sharing with you this morning, self-care is important. Like I have to bring in those other elements. But I tell myself, I, I one of the one of the most incredible stories I ever read in business, and I think it's from the turning point, is when they talk about, and I can't even remember who the officer was that. Um, had all their shit. I'm sure you've heard the story. Like, you know, they went to go conquer. I don't know. I don't know the country they were going to conquer. So all of the ships end up on shore and the, the captain knew they were outnumbered, knew they were outnumbered, right? The story, they knew they were outnumbered. And so he, he told them to burn the boats. Mm-hmm. You other, you were not, there was no way back. Mm-hmm. You, you burn the boats. There's no way back. And so it's live or die. And, I really took that story in and I'm not saying that I would die if I had to cancel an event or die if I, I think part of me would be sad, but I just tell myself, if you say yes and you go all in and you go all in and it works great. If it, if you go all in and it doesn't work well, well, you know, it's not a failure, Mm -hmm. but I just don't let myself off the hook. 
And instead of when I, and do I feel sad? Do I feel fear? Do I feel like yeah. I'm not going to make it? Like yeah, right don't now, lie to yourself about it being right now. I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I am. I'm like, I'm definitely swimming in uncharted territories, training mm-hmm. to do 10 marathons, organizing the fundraising, getting everything lined up. I'm in uncharted territories. And so I do what I would hope anyone else would do is like start asking for help, which is kind of, you know, it's kind of interesting, but I have learned you need to bring it in. And that's kind of my prayers in the morning. Okay, let, let's make this happen. Let's, mm-hmm. let's line this up. Let's do the best that I can. So I don't let myself off the hook, I think is probably the, okay. yeah. And, yeah. and, and by, you're going to have to dig deep, like the resources are there. You might have to dig deep for them, but you believe that they're there. Yeah. And, yeah. and like parenting. Um, sleepless nights are worth it at some point, <laughs> like, right? Like projects are, you know, like projects. I've never believed in balance. When people say balance, it's just not a word that, that I resonate to. I believe in priorities, right? right? I think our priorities over balance. And so I knew when I made the decision and when I said it out loud, now here's the deal. I had, it, it came as a vision. So I'm kind of a metaphysical, spiritual woman that I heard the words, it's time in my ears so loud. I could, it was like someone screamed it. So I'm trusting in that. Um, Did I question that? Absolutely. But it took me mentally talking to a very small swim of people. It took me mentally three months, maybe four months before I started saying it out loud. And when I did say it out loud, I was very cautious. Because I I could hear my other voice go, you know, you might not be able to pull this off. Right. And we did change the date. You know, Mm -hmm. like I, 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 Mm -hmm. the first date was way too soon. When I realized and I got in and I realized the work that needed doing, we changed it. Yeah. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. So then tell, give us the, the actual overview of what the, cause you're, you're, you said you're training for 10 marathons. So give us, give us the idea of what <laughs> this is. A, give us the idea of, of the walk. I'm yeah. still laughing at myself. Okay. Long story short, myself and a girlfriend, I've been an entrepreneur for 30 years. She's been in the Vancouver police department for 30 years. We are two very, very different people in our careers, but we're women that have decided to take on the mission. And we both love music. And we feel that the music industry has been really hit by recent experiences. And that I believe music is one of the most powerful healers. I think you got like spirit, you got love, and then you got music. I think mm-hmm. they really vibrate pretty close to each other. Um, and it's non it's it's just non-biased. It's like it doesn't matter your gender, it doesn't matter your country. So, anyways, we picked music. Um, to be the recipient of a fundraiser. We are going to train, We've just started to train. That's why it's also August, 2023. So it gives us 15 months to train, to walk from Dublin to the Cliffs of Moher. Now I am part Irish. I've yet to find my ancestry there. I just know that I am through ancestry. So I've, I've yet to find my, my, you know, my, my tribe, but I've been drawn to Ireland my whole life. I've gone, I've traveled it by myself and I love music. And I did a music tour around there just on my own. So I know Cliffs of Moher, I actually have it in my will for half my ashes to be thrown there. That's how much I love it. So we have to go up to Galway, girl, because if you know Galway, you know Galway, girl, you know, you got to go. That's going to make it a little extra marathon. We're going to walk from Dublin to Galway, Galway to Cliffs. um, And we're going to raise money starting now, just approving off on the website. Um, And we want to create a platform for people that are in music songwriters own record stores like to listen to records we don't really care we just want a platform on this website for people to be able to tap into put information and then also we're looking to align with charities now alicia keys she is the music is a global organization um so funds will funnel there and i am also looking 
for something um, specifically Canadian, because this is where we're doing all our training, and then also in Ireland. And I've, I, I've got some, you know, words out there, but if someone has something that's making an impact in those countries, then please reach out. So um, we'd like to, and if not, it's okay. She is the music is an incredible organization that globally is taking care of, of it's actually that one is women in the music industry. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, that is a long way to walk. You said it's basically at what it's like 10 marathons. So is that, it's something like 220 miles or something it's like that? It's 297, um, 297 okay. clicks. And it's, it turns out to be one marathon a day for 10 days, about ish. Um, we figure we're going to be about 10 hours a day because we're going to probably stop and do interviews and we're going to have a crew on the ground and it's going to be social media and it's going to be PR and right from now, like I'm taking stupid pictures of me doing my first six sit-ups. <laughs> you know, we have a personal trainer coming and, um, you know, and, and just talking and, and being able to elevate for entrepreneurs. That's what I do. So what we eat, what we wear, what we're, so if someone has something that they want to sponsor you know um hey we're gonna need about eight flights to ireland so mm-hmm. if WestJet's listening let us know <laughs> <laughs> that is no joke walking 20 20 uh 20 to 25 miles a day that's uh that's that's no joke i mean from just walking you know four or five miles around here is uh like you get and you're like oh man i need to take a nap so yeah, yeah it's uh yeah definitely something you have to train for so I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes as you get closer and stuff like that. But that is a big, yeah, that's a, that is a big undertaking and definitely uncharted water. So I was, I was curious about how you look at things and stuff like that. Now, how does somebody get connected? Uh, obviously, if they have something specific uh, where they feel like they might be able to send you to a specific charity or something like contact <laughs> info, and then how do they just kind of get into your world and follow you so that they can see the social stuff and just stay in touch? Yeah, absolutely. Because there's lots of things that I do out there in the world outside of take on this. This should be my legacy, but it's super easy. My name is Deb Drummond, right? And so you can go to debdrummond.com and you can send me an email anytime. You can also go to Deborah Drummond on Facebook, Deborah Drummond on LinkedIn, you know, Um, and Deb at Deb Drummond is the email. Super easy. (laughs) Super easy. Deb Drummond Vancouver. Just put Deb Drummond Vancouver into Google Mm -hmm. and you'll find me. Perfect. Uh, and then the Mission Accepted podcast, which I was a guest on, so everybody should go listen because you have a bunch of amazing guests, um, kind of a bit wider range in guests than I do. I, I tend to stick in my little entrepreneurial circles. You're much more wide ranging. So creatives, entrepreneurs, and you know, just different types of people. Um, anybody, anybody you're excited that's coming up? Oh, wow. We have had some, we honestly, it's like, you know, when you align with energy, we were just talking about masculine and feminine energy. And you know, when you decide to make a shift, I changed the name to the podcast. When you go there, there's all of like nine interviews. I took every single interview I've done off for the last two years from the other name of my podcast. I took a huge risk and I'm like, it's a new energy. It's a new space. People are like, uh, you got eight episodes. Who the heck are you? I'm like, "Mm, that's okay. So yeah, that was a, that was a moment in time. Right. So, um, so it took everything off and created this new energy. And yeah, I'm very excited. If you love music, you know, we've got Darby Mills coming on from Headpins. Um, such an iconic, I mean, her voice is absolutely, absolutely incredible. Um, I'm, I'm interviewing a woman today. Her name is Dr. Wendy, and she is actually a doctor of finance. And because my, my audience tends to be like entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, creatives, and media, and that's who I interview, it kind of seems to be dancing at the same. Um, I don't think that finance is something like health where you never stop learning something. Right. And she threw some things at me. She's great. She's got a TV show. 
um, we should go be on our TV show, Matt. She's yeah. like, hey, come on my TV show. I'll introduce you to her. So yeah. she's going to, I'm actually interviewing her today and then she'll show up in about a month's time. But nice. yeah, there's some great. I mean, I can't wait to hear what Darby has to say. Very cool. Okay. So Mission Accepted is the podcast. So go check that out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, and then obviously Deb Drummond, debdrummond.com and all the various places. So Deb has been awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. No worries. I'm going to go get, I got to go, got to go order uh, Shakti Gawan's book. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Go reread it. All right. Everybody, thank you so much. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for rating and reviewing the show. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other entrepreneurs and experts. Every time you share the show, you're putting life-changing ideas into someone's life. Now, to get the micro-famous field report that helps you turn your expertise into a lifestyle business without spending all day on social media, go to microfamous.substack.com and enter your email to access it for free. That's where you get all my podcast episodes, articles, sketches, videos. Everything goes into the micro-famous field report. So go to Substack, sign up for that today so you get that. And stay tuned for the next episode of One Book That Changed My Life. We'll see you there.